0: Everyone, my name is Caitlin and I'm Hannah. Welcome to the Ridden is Worthy podcast.
1: We are so happy you're here.
0: We're excited to use this platform to reclaim biblical womanhood and remind young women that they are called worthy by Christ. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Ridden is Worthy. Hannah and Kate here and we are so excited to introduce the second episode in our relationship status series and this week we're going to be talking about dating so we're really excited this is something that I think a lot of people get confused in and a lot of people get tripped up in so we're really excited to show why the way you date is important and who you date is important so yeah do you want to start us off Kate?
1: Yeah, so in this episode, like what Hannah said, we're going to be walking through different scripture um, that the Bible shares about this kind of thing. It doesn't explicitly talk about dating, but um, we're going to be sharing some scripture that we felt like really helped us in our seasons of life and... Um, and as well as our personal experiences and what we have learned through that. So um, to start us off, we're going to share some funny dating stories for you guys. Hannah, do you have one that's on your mind? Oh my gosh.
0: So many to pick from. Which do I go with? Um, Okay. One of my favorite (laughs) dating stories was from when I was in high school. I wasn't technically allowed to date yet. So it was kind of like, I'm just going to hang out with friends Um, but I went to this movie with a guy that I liked and I just assumed it was going to be just like the two of us going to see this movie. And I also had no idea what this movie was. So he took me to go see Anchorman 2. I've never seen Anchorman 1. I didn't even know what the movie was about. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of edgy. I don't know if I'd uh, be into it now, but I, (laughs) so he took me to go see this movie and he didn't tell me that a bunch of his friends were going to be there. So I'm, like, sitting there, like, so confused. I'm like, are we not on a date? And he's sitting there with his buddies. There's, like, six guys there and me. And I had no idea that they were coming. And it was just really funny. I ended up walking out partway through the movie because I was like, number one, there's a lot of profanity in this movie. Number two, Will Ferrell's not really my my kind of jam. And also I was like, I feel like I'm seventh wheeling <laughs> on whatever like guy friend outing this is and like i love hanging out with my like my husband and his friends like i love doing that but this was a definitely not i was definitely not vibing with this so especially
1: it was, when you're blindsided with that too. oh my gosh
0: it was just so funny and i was like this i don't think this is the move needless to say we did not go on another date or whatever that was (laughs) but it was just really funny to like be like oh my gosh I'm so excited we're gonna go to the movie you know you're in high school you're like oh my gosh get the popcorn get your icy oh my gosh there's a bunch of guys here oh and we're watching with them okay (laughs) but yeah how about you Kate
1: um okay I'm just such an awkward person so like any first date i've gone on like there's something weird about it like just something weird that i do like one time i was on a it wasn't the first date but one of the dates that i went on we went to a chinese restaurant and after we ate we walked out and we were in the parking lot walking to his car and i went up to the wrong car no. and i tried opening the passenger <laughs> door and i was like or he looked at me just so confused and he's like that's not my car and I was like okay um but I'm gonna share another one so I don't really know this if this was a date to him but to me like I was really interested and I was really looking forward to just sitting down with him grabbing some coffee and just sharing about who I was learning more about him and I showed up to the date and he literally had the whole table covered with homework like he knew that we were meeting up and there was some miscommunication there but the whole time I mean it was a good conversation but every once in a while he would be like wait hold on a second I need to write this down or like or he was like multitasking while we were having these deep conversation and I left the date and I was like what just happened like How do you respond to that? Like, you can't just like I remember saying, oh, do you just want this time to work on your homework? And this is just not a good time. But he's like, no, you should sit down and we can talk and whatever. And I was like, this is so weird. That is so
0: funny. I do remember one time I met this guy. I think we met. I don't even remember where we met. Like, maybe it was on Hinge or something. It was some sort of one of those things that I just kind of shake my head at now. But I remember I met this guy and he had a Bible verse in his bio. So I was like, oh, like what a solid guy. And and I just like remember we chatted for a while and then we Facetime for a bit. And he was living in like northern Minnesota. And so and I was here in Fargo. So I don't even know how we got like matched because our like distance was so far apart. But then I realized I was home one weekend and he was home one weekend and he lived just like south of the cities. And so that's when we like had connected like on the app or whatever and he actually ended up flying to Fargo on a Sunday he's like what if I he was a pilot and he was like oh yeah my dad works for the airlines too and I get free flights he's like what if I just fly to Fargo for a Sunday and we go to church together we go to lunch and we just hang out for the whole day and I was like oh my gosh this is the best like yeah so he flew to Fargo I don't know what I was thinking but he like flew to Fargo I picked him up at the airport and like right away I just felt like something off like something was off about it and I was like this is such a bummer because I like I'm not I'm not feeling comfortable and I didn't I didn't know why I wasn't feeling comfortable but I was like I literally have until 5 30 this evening to kill time with him until his flight takes off so I ended up taking him to a restaurant in Fargo for lunch where I could draw on the tables because they have paper on the tables so I could draw on the tables so that I didn't have to like make eye contact and then they brought our food and he's like should we hold hands while we pray and I was like oh my gosh I ended up dropping him back off at the airport after kind of taking him around campus and showing him around I was like I just need to do anything I can where I can like walk in front of him and I'm not having to like be put in a position where he's gonna try to hold my hand or something like that because I was like I know this isn't going anywhere oh my gosh yeah very hard
1: Gosh, I feel like that's why, like, going on a first date or the first few, like, you probably should be in public or, like, play or a situation where you can meet up, but then feel free to leave, like, right after. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, Haiki would not recommend picking someone up for the airport and hanging out with them all day. That's, like, date, like, yeah, my advice. Don't do that. Don't be Hannah at 19 years old.
1: <laughs> okay, well, um... Thanks for listening to our stories, Um, (laughs) but we just kind of want to dive into the episode with the scripture for this topic. Um, So we chose Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, that says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And Hannah, do you want to open up our question for us? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So our question for this episode is, what is a misconception about dating in our culture today? So if you think about it, some misconceptions that people have that are probably more well known is like the thought that you complete me when they think about being with another person, Um, but truly like God completes you or another misconception might be there's only one person for me. I only have one soulmate. And I think just realizing that God does give you a choice among a small percentage um, of people that belong to him.
1: So yeah, we're just going to go into our first topic for the episode and we're going to be talking about God's design. Um, And as we start this off, we just want to preface that this is going to be pretty broad um, since like I mentioned before, dating isn't like explicitly in the Bible. Like it's not like there's not scripture that talks specifically about it. But we felt like the scripture that we have chosen um, will be really beneficial for you all. And so with that, we thought of a few examples of how love and companionship between the opposite sex is shown in the Bible. Um, and we chose the stories of Adam and Eve and Ruth and Boaz.
0: Yeah, so with Adam and Eve, we see that they are the two first human beings that God created. Um If you know the story of Adam and Eve, you know that God created Adam first and then said it's not good for a man to be alone. And so he put Adam into deep sleep and actually took ribs and bones from Adam and made Eve. And so I think it's really cool that you see that God used man to create woman. Um, And it doesn't mean that woman is any less valuable than men, but they have a different like they're given different tasks and different purpose. And so I think it's really cool to think about and even remember just how you're supposed to complement one another and you're gifted differently. And even in Genesis, when God is talking about man and woman, he's talking about like after the fall, after Adam and Eve had sinned and sin had entered the picture and Satan had tempted them, um, you see that God said like an evil want for her husband, like woman will want for her, her husband which doesn't mean like she's going to want him, it means that she's going to want control over him. And so I think it's cool that even from then, like that point in the beginning, we see God's design played out. And even despite our sin, like God is still on the throne. But yeah, what about Ruth and Boaz?
1: Um, so this story really stood out to me when we were planning this episode because it is such a story of restoration and um just prosperity that God shows through it um and it's a story of Ruth and her mother-in-law Naomi and Naomi had I believe it was two sons both of them passed away um and she was left with Ruth and then her other daughter-in-law and they didn't have the same faith as Naomi did and um So after both of their husbands passed away, Naomi felt like she needed to flee to her homeland and Ruth stood by her side through every step of that. Um, I feel like for Ruth, it it probably would have been very easy to just stay back and start her own life and not be kind of tied down to, you know, living with her mother-in-law since her husband passed away and I feel like that from that point on it was very you could see Ruth's character a lot through that um so they moved to um, Naomi's homeland and that's where she met Boaz who was a distant relative of Naomi and her family and so While Ruth was getting more acclimated to this new place she was living in, she met Boaz and um, they started this friendship together where he provided for her and Naomi. And um, Naomi was like, hey, I'm related to him. How about (laughs) you and him basically just get together and get married? (laughs) Um this is a very paraphrased version of this <laughs> this story but I highly we both highly recommend reading Ruth because it is such a wonderful picture of how God just places people in your life not only romantically but just as um community um to lift you up um and to help you through hard times But I know, Hannah, you mentioned the pursuit, Mm -hmm. how that was a big thing back then.
0: Yeah, I think about the Old Testament and kind of what Kate was saying at the beginning of the episode. Dating wasn't, it's not in the Bible because it didn't exist then. Um, If you look at the Old Testament, even the New Testament, it was arranged marriage. And I mean, in today's day and age, we can't even fathom the idea of not meeting your spouse until you get married. But back then, that was That was just custom. And like usually what would happen is a man would be looking for a wife and he would send his servant and say, go find someone and don't come back until you find someone. And once he found someone suitable um, that either like could her family was wealthy and could provide like a dowry or like just different things like that, the servant would say, "Okay, my master is coming for you, like prepare. And so that's kind of like the engagement season that we think about. Um, so there's not really like a dating or like meeting. It's not like speed dating. It's just like you're you're engaged. And so the servant would say, "Prepare, like the master's coming back for you." And so the servant would go back and tell the master, "I've found someone for you." And at that point, he would start building a room onto his parents' house. And once he was done and complete, building that room for them, where they would live, he would go and he would get this woman and bring her. And so at that point, when her like her servants and, and her family saw him coming to get her, they would scream, "He's coming, he's coming, like get her ready." And that's when she would like get in her finest clothes and everything. And that's when they would meet. And then he would take her back to his parents' house and they would get married and they would actually go and spend seven days in that room while everyone partied outside to consummate their marriage which also today is like
1: whoa that's crazy it's hard to even imagine that yeah that was a norm yeah
0: and so that's where we get like the honeymoon from was like the time that they would spend now like enjoying each other and consummating their marriage and so i just think about that like Today, like in dating today, it's very wishy-washy. It's like, oh, but I'm not going to do anything until he says this or like we make it a lot about us and way less about serving the other person. But if I think about it, especially in marriage, I've learned that marriage is a lot of service and sacrifice, like serving the other person regardless of what they do for you. And I just think about dating culture today and how it's very different and kind of shallow in a sense.
1: Yeah. And that kind of leads to like, you know, we should be dating for a purpose. I know that's kind of used a lot, but like, or dating to get married, dating for marriage. Um, but dating for a purpose and dating is a pathway that leads to a promise and leads to the gift that God, if that's his will for you, that you will be given. And yeah, I feel like for myself walking through the season of dating I definitely learned a lot about my own flaws and how to just rely on the Lord even more and so going into our next topic for this so when we're talking about dating you know you might be thinking like what am I supposed to look for in someone Um, so what kind of character traits are important um, especially as followers of Christ moving forward. And something that I heard from a sermon a while ago, um, when I was walking through this season was this scripture was found in first Corinthians 13, four through seven. And it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And this is a really well-known passage of scripture, but I feel like it is so powerful when you're reading it and really truly digging into it. And I feel like this is a great scripture to keep in mind when you're looking out for the person that you want to start a relationship with or who you are in a relationship with. Um, Something that I heard from a sermon was reading this verse and replacing the word love with that person's name. So for me, it would be my husband, Jake, um, like Jake is patient, Jake is kind and so on. And I feel like that is such a direct way of kind of narrowing down, you know, is this man or woman godly. Um and I feel like that goes right into praying for the other person. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um I think especially like I remember in premarital counseling, they talked to us about praying and how praying is like next to sex, like the most intimate thing you can do. And like praying together before like you're married can like cause you to go too far in one aspect of your relationship which can cause you to want to like jump ahead in other aspects like physically emotionally mentally and like I think it's really important to be praying for who God has for you and like even if you're single right now and like you don't see yourself like dating anyone either in the next week month or like near future think it's still good to be praying for who god might have for you and kind of like we've stressed in the past like we don't want to say that god has marriage for you because that would be leading you astray and not being not being honest because we don't know um but we pray that if you desire marriage like god desires that for you um but knowing also that like you lack nothing and god does complete you and i think it's really cool that In praying, while God already knows the outcome, he invites you to like bring your request before him and like come to this place of intimacy with him where you get to experience his goodness through whatever answer he gives you.
1: Yeah. And I I feel like that goes what you're saying, Hannah, about praying and wanting to set boundaries with that. You know, dating brings a lot of different challenges And struggles, but also, you know, a lot of wonderful blessings through it too. Um, But we're going to talk about setting boundaries. And this is something that is hard to talk about because I feel like with each relationship, it's different. And it's different how, you know, people are tempted with certain areas, whether it be physically or emotionally. But yeah, so the first thing that we thought of was to be attentive, to not overshare. Um, that was a big thing that I struggled with when I was um, in the season of dating and just, you know, I'm just like an open book. I can just say whatever's on my mind and I really desire, I love getting deep with people and just learning, you know, what makes them tick and what, what they've gone through and um, also sharing that, reciprocating that. But I quickly found that when I did start sharing a little too much, um, just about like different sin struggles, or not like super deep, but just you know, very vague, like kind of just mentioning it here and there, I was like, maybe that wasn't a good decision. Um, how about you, Hannah? Have you struggled with that?
0: Yeah, I think. Uh, gosh it's just so hard because you want to especially when you're you have feelings for someone you want to just like indulge those and you want to like you want those to grow like you don't want to like move backwards think about kind of like I don't know say you're like on a race you would hate to slow down like you just want to keep going you want to get to the finish line and I think a lot of times people view marriage as the finish line which I don't even think it is I think marriage is like one of the pit stops on the way to like the finish line and I think like remembering that the finish line is like eternity with Jesus I think that changes everything because like everyone's race looks different and every like the way you run it is different and kind of what Kate was saying like setting boundaries is going to look different for every couple and I mean, if you are someone who has struggled in the past with sexual sin, who knows like I give into this and this is something that causes me to get attached so fast and I know that I'm not following God's design, then for you, it might like it might be a sin to like hold hands or kiss because that causes you to like stumble or like lust after the person that you're dating. And then for other people, like they can hold hands and, and like share a kiss and it's not it doesn't turn lustful and so it's very it's like one of those things that's so different for every couple and every person but also I love I love what the porch says like JP from the porch he like just says like if your body begins to prepare for sex you've gone too far and like everyone knows when you start to like have these these thoughts that are leading you towards like down a path to that like you know like I've gone too far Cause I think a lot of times we want to like ride the line and we're like, what's the line? Like kind of like a cliff, like, okay, how far is too far? Like how close can I get to the cliff without jumping off? I mean, but if you were standing on a cliff, like at the grand Canyon, you would wouldn't want to stand on the edge because you would have a fear of falling off. And I think a lot of times we should think about that in relationships, whether that's physically. And I just say physically, cause that's something that I struggled with in the past And like just thinking about that, like I want to stay as far back from the line as possible because I not only want to like protect my heart, but I also want to protect the heart of the person I'm dating because I want to leave them better than I found them. And just thinking like they're not my spouse, that means they're probably going to be someone else's.
1: Yeah, that kind of leads me into two different quotes that we wanted to share with you guys. Um, so one is from our pastor at Ignite. His name is Chase Seltzer. We heard this from one of his sermons and he said, Love is about committing to someone and wanting the best for them. Lust is a commodity, not keeping the other person in mind. It is a humanity issue. And then the other quote that we um, we found that we wanted to share was, don't just avoid sexual immorality but pursue patience self-control and trust and that is from the not yet married book by Marshall Siegel and so yeah like what we mentioned before boundaries setting boundaries can be really hard and really tough to stick to them Um, I know that a lot of people when Jake and I were dating they just shared all the different things that worked for them. And it was honestly kind of overwhelming. Like, how do I even navigate this? Like, I don't even know if this will work for us or if it'll just become like a burden to us. Um, and I, I found that one thing that really helped us was just like being around people and like not isolating yourself so much. I mean, alone time is good, like you need that in a relationship, but being around people, it really holds you accountable not only physically but just mentally too. Like you're just kind of distracted in a good way. So
0: absolutely. And I think honestly, like a big thing that helped in dating was finding a couple that was farther along than we were and asking them like, what were things that like you needed to assess in this? like, this season to get to the season you're in? Like, what are things that, like, you I should know about this person and that I need to feel comfortable and, like, be on the same page about in this season that's going to prepare me best for the next season? Because um, I think the worst that happens is you just find out sooner that this isn't God's person for me. And, honestly, dating is just assessing someone's suitability to be a spouse. It's an interview. And, I mean, you should be looking, like, If you think about it, you go to a job interview, you're wearing your best clothes. You have maybe thought about all the questions they're going to ask. And so one thing that I heard, like, how does the person you're dating treat someone who can do nothing for them? Like someone that they're not trying to impress. How do they treat the person that cut them off in traffic? How do they treat the person who like, yeah, like how can they, how do they treat someone who can do nothing for them? And I think that's like a big thing because you want someone who's going to be humble and who's going to put others before themselves and is like going to be kind. So kind of like what you're talking about with the 1st Corinthians 13 passage like putting their name in there and seeing is this person that I'm pursuing a relationship with are they is does this describe them
1: and do they align with what scripture is saying? Yeah. So now we're going to talk about heartbreak. And how God helps us through that. Um, Hannah, do you want to share any personal experiences, um, things that you've learned going through that? Yeah, I would
0: just say, like, if God has, like, made it clear that a relationship is not of him and, like, that's not the person he has for you, way easier said than done. But don't continue to dwell on that. And, like, don't go back in your head and think, oh, what if I would have done this different? Or replay conversations or things in your head because all that's going to do is cause you more heartbreak and I like I people told me that and yet I still did it and it prolonged the process of healing and healing isn't overnight like if if you're going through a breakup or you have realized like maybe this isn't God's person for me and God has made it clear over and over again through red flags I mean we could have a whole episode on red flags but if you have people that are not like in your community that don't support this you should ask why and like give them an opportunity to share with you and maybe like ask for scripture that goes based on that because sometimes it can be just personal things that I don't think are super legitimate but if there's like scripture that they can pull that's not out of context but that's used lovingly or if you see some red flags of maybe they're not spiritually mature like maybe they're not actually pursuing a relationship with the Lord like different things maybe you should consider that taking a season apart and I'm not saying like you go back to that person but taking a season of singleness and committing to like pursuing the Lord and agreeing that you know like when it's God's time like he's gonna bring someone and I don't have to I don't have to search for it like I know that God has my best interests at heart and so I think like the biggest thing in heartbreak is you want to like fill that space with something else and it's easy to do that with another relationship but allow yourself to heal like allow yourself to have space to move forward and to heal
1: um yeah Hannah I feel like you just yeah, you summed it up so well. I feel like from our both of our experiences and even just the, the story of how we became friends, that heartbreak was so difficult to navigate when everything was right in front of us, for both of us, both sides. But it is such a unique season that you walk through that you really become so much more strong in the Lord. Um, If you choose to, and hold on, wait. What would be like one piece of advice you'd give to someone who's
0: going through heartache, like a heartbreak?
1: I feel like one piece of advice or something that I wish that I would have done would be, you know, take that time for yourself to, you know, just kind of wallow in your feelings. (laughs) Maybe read some scripture, have some good quiet time with that, and just spend time with the Lord. But also just take more initiative to seek out other people to talk it out because even though like I am a pretty verbal processor when I was going through seasons of that like it was really easy for me to just like keep it to myself and try to act like everything was okay and it wasn't and I just I just wish that someone would have said like it's okay that you're feeling this way like verbally telling me that and opening up a conversation or not even to talk about that, you know, like to just take my mind away from it and just be around people to kind of lift me up. How about you?
0: Yeah, I would say honestly the same thing. Push into community. Community is huge. Like when you're going through a heartbreak, it, it can feel really lonely. Like you can really struggle with a lot of loneliness even though you're not alone it feels very lonely and feels very isolating and it's easy to push people away and just want to clam up and like just sit in your pain and while it's okay to acknowledge and sit in your pain I heard Jordan Lee Dooley she had like this thing where she was talking about heartbreak she said give yourself a time like an expiration date like sit down set your timer for 10 minutes 20 minutes however much it is let yourself feel the weight of the heartbreak But then give yourself an expiration date, like an expiration time where you're going to intentionally set your mind on something else. And she goes, like, if you need to do that every day for a week, do it. But at least know that, like, you're putting your you're doing your best to put your mind on something other than the hard situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. And like Kate was saying, have quiet time, like read scripture. Music was huge for me. Finding songs and lyrics that I could like connect with that I could just like scream in my car Mm,
1: (laughs) when no one was listening it's always in the car it is yeah (laughs) or
0: like go to I remember I went to a parking garage once and just sat there and like just sat and listened to music and like looked over the city and realized how small I am and how big God is and that was huge
1: we found or in Psalm 34 verse 18, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And if any of you are walking through a heartbreak or something that you've been really struggling with the last few months, um, we just pray that uh, the Lord will give you this peace, um, that it's okay that you're feeling the way you are and that he is with you and he is close to you. Um, while you were feeling this way and yeah we are just really thankful for each and every one of you that are listening and um and as we close this episode um we just want to ask you this question are you dating with a purpose to glorify god and honor the other person i feel like dating is such a confusing navigating time in our lives if that's God's will for you to be with someone but we just want to encourage you that God has a plan for you in this if you're in a relationship or not he is the only one that can satisfy your desire um he is the only one that gives us our purpose um our identity is only found through him and yeah singleness dating marriage everything is a gift and there's no hierarchy. It's every single season is a blessing from God. And um, yeah, we're really excited to continue on with this series and just learn with you guys and share our experiences. Also, we have another fun announcement. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have seen it already, but
0: yeah. So, my husband and Seth and I are going to have a baby in July. Yay. So, we're really excited. July 4th is the due date. So, kind of funny so yeah we find out february 14th valentine's day what we're having so oh my gosh all the holidays i know all the holidays (laughs) so yeah we're really looking forward to it it's such a blessing and um yeah we just are praying over here that you guys are feeling blessed and that as this holiday season approaches you guys take time to spend it with the people that you love the most so yeah with that said we thank you so much for just being here today thank you for listening and following along on our journey and we're really excited to give you future episodes see you guys later bye